Thank you, Anya. Thank you. Sure, Marial made me sound a lot better than, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Marial. So today I am speaking about keeping the flame alive, keeping that spark, that faith. A lot of us, we're sitting here and we, most of us, I think, have already journeyed quite some time with God. And that first encounter we had with Jesus, we had this spark and this flame and we were like, going and reaching out to people and annoying people and we're, the, we're those irritating Christians and then somewhere along the line we stagnate. And maybe you're sitting here, maybe you've never felt that flame or that spark and so I just want to speak about that today but before I do that I want to share a little bit, let me just get this open, I want to share a little bit about my journey and my whatever you want to call it, my journey. Okay, let's go with that. So I grew up in a Christian household mostly. We were kind of in the middle, kind of in church, not really. My dad was also a reverend. So he retired soon when I, well, that doesn't make sense. He retired when I was still young. So after that, we were kind of hurt by the church and I never really settled, we never really settled back in as a family in church. So we were in church sometimes, and then other times we weren't, and that was kind of my life. So I was up and down in a roller coaster. And on top of that, I also didn't have the most stable household, <laughs> to say the least. So sometimes, a lot of times, there were fights and there were things going on. And so I always clung to God in those moments. So ever since I was young, I had this, this love for God. But somewhere along the line, when I was... 16, around there, and I had my own mind, and I was like, this is what I'm going to do, this is wrong, this is right, I was very strong-willed and strong-opinionated, and so I was like, God, you do you, I do me, bye-bye, and then I was like, in church sometimes, in youth, praying, but always not constantly praying, and so I was in up and ups and downs. And then matric came, and first year came, and clubs happened, and alcohol happened, and drugs happened, and you know, it's first year, and you get to explore as a student. And so my student life happened, and it was the beginning of my first year, it was around this time, that I got engaged on campus a few times, so I knew every nation, and I was like, okay, those weird people who pray here on Wednesday mornings, that's cool. So I would be here a few times and still kind of commit, but not really, because I really enjoyed my student life and going out on weekends, but also sometimes staying in on weekends and not having any responsibilities, because that's what student life was supposed to be all about. And then I got invited to an Every Nation Tuane church camp. That was where all of the congregations came together. And it was last minute, I think I found out on the Wednesday, it was the Friday, and I said, yes, sure, I'll go, why not? But the Thursday, I went out partying, and um, I don't remember most of that night. So I arrived at the church camp with a massive hangover <laughs> that I think lasted until the Sunday. <laughs> so, but in that time, I, my life changed. God changed my life at that camp. And at that camp, a spark, a flame reignited 
in me, in my spirit. And then I was on fire. I was in a connect group with Marielle. I started a bunch of my own connect groups. I had five connect groups with eight people, and I reached out, and I was like, this is the life. And I got so busy that church started to suck. And then I stagnated again. And then I was like, you know, I'm doing this because I have to, not because I want to, really. And so, where was I? I lost my train of thought. Yes. So I stagnated. And it was up until last year where I was kind of up and down. And last year I started to work for the church. Remember this. So now I'm working with a bunch of crazy Christian people. And I was with Bianca and Bunkies. And we did not get along at the beginning of last year, let me tell you. <laughs> now we're besties, so I can say that. But we did not get along at all because I was like, these people just want to be all Christian-y and I am not, I'm a Christian and I love God, but I'm not going to be that person, you know, that Christian. So you guys can just be there and I'm going to be here. And so, yeah, it went up and down during the beginning of last year and everything. And then July happened and my mom got very sick with COVID. So she was in the hospital for three weeks and I was kind of the one dealing with all of the family and everyone messaging me. And my sister called me and she's like, what's wrong with mom? And like everyone was hysterical. And I was just like, why is everyone asking me? I don't even know how to fill in hospital forms. And now you're expecting me to like do all of these things. But I was juggling with that. My mom was very sick. And in the second week of her being in hospital, it was the Wednesday. I really thought that she was going to die. So I had this strong sense in my spirit that the hospital is going to call me and they're going to say that she died. So I decided I'm not going to go to sleep because I don't want to wake up with that terrible phone call. I might as well just be awake. So I prayed um, straight through the night and I prayed and I was like, God, supernatural healing. I know we haven't been on good terms, but you are the only one that can do this and I will do anything. Just don't take my mom. So the night passed, and the hospital didn't call me. Wait, before I get there. So that Wednesday night also, I prayed because I realized I kept praying for my mom to make it, but that maybe wasn't God's will. And so for the first time in my life, I prayed for God's will. And that is the scariest thing in the world, to actually pray for his will. So I said, if your will is to take my mom, then take her tonight. And then I never got the call, and somehow I knew that my mom was going to be okay. Even though she was still sick and the doctor still stressed, I knew in my spirit, I knew from, from God that my mom would be okay. Let me just take a sip of something thirsty. So I knew my mom was going to be okay from then on. And that is when I got the spark, this flame back in me where nothing could dim it. And I got this passion and I started to enjoy coming to church again and to read the Bible and to be with people who believe and people who keep me accountable. And that's when I really started to enjoy Christianity again. And I enjoyed reaching out to people again. And something that got me really through that time was Psalm 84. So I want to read that for you guys. Let me just go there. So you can go to Psalm 84. So 
So I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It sounds amazing there. So it goes, How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. My soul, my life, my inner self longs for and greatly desires the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and God. Blessed and greatly favored are those who dwell in your house and your presence. They will be singing your praises all the day long. Selah. Blessed and greatly favored is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with blessings. They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Each of them appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Jacob. See our shield, O God, and look at the face of your anointed, the kings as your representative. For a day in your court is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand as a doorkeeper at the threshold of the house of God than to live at ease in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows grace and favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed and greatly favored is the man who trusts in you, believing in you, relying on you, and committing himself to you with confident hope and expectation. That is powerful. That man, he has passion. Imagine writing that, saying, I would rather be at the threshold of God's kingdom, barely there, and be there for the rest of my life than to be in the world. Because that is how much God is in him. That is how much he's convicted about the kingdom, about Jesus, about what he does. Rather at the threshold forever. That is the passion we need as Christians. We do not have the time to be lukewarm Christians, friends. It doesn't help. What's the point? So I want to speak about it. Why do we lose our passion? We had this passion, or maybe you've never had this passion, but why not? And in my life, I have seen that there are four things that dimmer down this flame, that it tries to kill it. And the first one is busyness. Okay, so I want to read from Joshua 1, verse 8 to 9, so you can go there. I can find it. There it is. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate. On. Okay, wait, that's the wrong translation. Let me go to New King James, then it will make more sense. Okay. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in a day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So the book of the law, God's word, we're supposed to meditate on it day and night, and when we're busy, we're not going to do that. It's as simple as that. 
When we're busy with other stuff, it can even be church stuff, guys. When we're so busy with it, and we're saying, you know what, I'll read my Bible tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up early, and then it's cold the next morning, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to just sleep for half an hour, and then I sleep half an hour, and then I'm like, oh, but I'm not less now, so I'm not going to do it, and then you don't read your Bible, and you're like, but it's fine, because I'll read it tonight. And then tonight comes, and then you watch a Netflix series, and you watch one more episode, and then you watch one more episode, and then nothing happens because you're busy, and then you're tired, and then you don't meditate on the Word. And when we don't meditate on the Word, we, our conviction of who God is dimmers. It goes down because we're not spending time with God. And over the past few weeks, we spoke about the art of rest, what it means to stop in a busy world. And that is really important because if we don't rest and if we don't take time to spend time with God, then what are we even doing? Because the Bible says we need God's word like we need our daily bread. I eat eight times a day, okay? I need my daily bread a lot. And I need my Bible more. I need it more than my daily bread. That is how important God's word is because that is where the flame, that is your oxygen to the flame in you. And if you're not spending time here, you're not getting enough oxygen and your fire will die. So busyness. Secondly, disobedience. So we're going to Luke 6, verse 46 to 49. It says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation of the rock. rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. That is what disobedience does. When we disobey God, no matter how big or small, we are fools. We build our house on questionable foundations. And obedience is so much more than just, yeah, 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 I'll do this, I'll do this. No, obedience is like the verse says, we come to Jesus. We hear him and we do what he says. Disobedience is three things. Ugh, obedience is three things. We come, we hear, we do. A lot of us come to Jesus, okay, and then we hear him and we're like, yes, I read the Bible. In fact, I can give you four Greek translations of this word, and it's cool. I know everything, but do you actually do it? Do you actually do what it does, what it says, do what it says? Do you do it? That's the point. 
Okay. Are we obedient? Because every time that we are disobedient, we move a little further from God. Because God is here, and He's pulling you here, and He has a clear vision for you that way. Even if you don't know it yet, we just need to follow. But then something happens, and we're disobedient, and then I don't read my Bible, and we're disobedient, and then I don't go speak to that person that the Holy Spirit told me to speak to on the street, that random person, and then you drive away, and you're like, damn, I should have just done it. And then you drive home, and you're contemplating, should I drive back and go speak to them? But then you're like, nah, it's not worth it, so you leave it. That is disobedience. So why do we disobey? And this is a tough one. The three reasons we disobey is firstly because we're not convicted truly about what Jesus did. Which is fine. If you're sitting here, you don't even know if you believe in Jesus, well then, why are you going to do anything the Bible says? But maybe you're sitting here and you do believe in Jesus, but you don't do anything. You don't obey. You don't reach out to people. If we don't reach out to people, friends, the Bible says, Jesus says, come follow me. And then he says, go and make disciples. Those are two basic instructions that he gives us. And if we're not doing that, that, are we really that convicted about who Jesus is? Because either we're not convicted or either what Jesus did is not true. Secondly, we're too comfortable And we can be comfortable in different ways. Maybe you're comfortable in the world, in the stuff of the world. Either you don't believe and you are in this world and you're comfortable with it. Maybe you believed and you were this way, this side, and then stuff happened and then the world pulled you back and now you're out doing stuff again that you think will satisfy you. Or we can be too comfortable in our Christianity. Because I've done all the trainings, and I've read all the books, and I've been in a connect group. I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to reach out to people anymore. Friends, if that is you, we are so arrogant to think that, to think that we have learned everything. We know everything. I don't need to reach out to people I don't need to do this. I don't need to pray. I don't need to come to church. You're too comfortable. And God does not call us to be comfortable. He never said Christianity is a comfortable life, ever. We are going to be uncomfortable. In fact, I'm very uncomfortable standing on the stage. But God pushes us. Thirdly, Pride. Pride is a big thing, and I was contemplating if I should put it on here because it's kind of like a part of comfortability somehow. But pride keeps us from reaching out to God because either we've been away from God for so long, we're like, well, I've done life without you for so long, so can I really turn back? That's pride. Maybe you prayed about something and God gave it to you, And now that he gave it to you, like an opportunity or something, and then you're like, okay, now I'll do it on my own. Thank you. I'll do it on my own. 
That's pride, because we think we can do it ourselves. And that's disobedience. And that makes us disobey. The third thing is a lack of prayer. So 1 Chronicles 16, verse 10 to 11. It says, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. We need to seek Jesus. And I'm not speaking about prayer of, thank you, Jesus, for this. And can I please have this? Amen. Bye-bye. No. That prayer sucks. If you pray like that, Boy, do I have news for you because your prayer life can be so much better and so much more full and so much more rich. It's more than just this and that and I pray for my mom and dad and that person on the street. That's good, yes. But prayer is so much more. Prayer is spending time with Jesus. It's seeking his face. It's sitting down and saying, well, God, tell me something about you. How many of us have done that, asking God something about himself? Because he knows us. How about we get to know him and actually spend time with him? And prayer doesn't have to be boring and you sit down or something. No, you can play music. You can walk around. You can pray in your car. You can pray with people. Prayer can be exciting. It's enriching. It's fulfilling. I hate when people pray boring prayers. We are Christians. We have a God that can move mountains, and you want to say a little prayer. No. We can pray powerfully. We can ask amazing things. We can shout. We can scream of passion. No. Why are we doing that? Get over yourself. Pray, damn it. Spending time with God is amazing. And if we don't do that, if we don't know God, of course there's going to be a gap. Of course we're going to move further from God. Because we're not spending time with him. I spend time with my boyfriend because I want to. Because I enjoy his company. Because I enjoy getting to know him. If I didn't like him, I wouldn't have spent time with him. And I would actually listen to what he tells me. Because I know him and I trust him. And it's the same with God. I listen to God, to what he says, because I know him. Because I spend time with him. And that's important, guys. And fourthly, lack of praise and worship. So 2 Samuel 6, 6 verse 16. It says... Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So I don't know if you guys know my man David, but he was passionate. And he would like sword people and stab people because they offended God. He was like a crazy person. I think he was actually a little bit insane. But he had passion. 
and he danced and weeped and twirled in the city, in the middle of the city where everyone could see him. He danced, and he danced so hard, he danced out of his clothes. How do you do that? I have never been able to do that. But that is the passion he had because he was convicted about who Jesus is. And he had a passion. And praise and worship is what we worship in church, yes. And I'll get to that now. But praise and worship is whatever you do, doing it onto, as if you're doing it onto the Lord. Praise and worship is praising God. Not because God wants a little confidence boost. No, he knows he's great. Praising God is for us. Praising God reminds us of how good he is. Worshiping God can be art, music, dancing, serving in your church. That is praise and worship. And praise and worship in church, we do that for a reason. We don't just do that to fill the time. We worship because God is good. And we sing and we dance and we express because God is good. So why are we too scared to lift our hands during worship? Why are we too scared to shout when we feel like shouting or to laugh when we feel like laughing or to run around when we feel like it? This is a church and this is where we praise a good God. So let's just get over ourselves, honestly. Get over yourself. Get over your insecurity. Get over what Fricky Langsu is thinking. Get over it. Let's praise and worship Jesus with whatever we do, with serving. Sometimes our serving culture isn't the best always because we don't want to be here. Guys, do you know that serving is a form of worship? And we serve because God is good. And we are here early because we are passionate about serving. I'm passionate, okay? <laughs> we are passionate about serving, serving his kingdom, serving his people. Serving is exciting. It should be exciting. It shouldn't be a thing of, oh, I have to go serve. I'm going to be late and maybe I'll cancel. It's not about how you feel. I work for the church. You guys honestly think I want to be here every single Sunday of my life. No. But it doesn't matter how I feel. My feelings are flesh. I submit my flesh, my emotions. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter what I feel. It matters what, who God is. And that conviction and that self-discipline. Anyway. Okay. So do we need to do stuff for God or do we want to do stuff for God because that is a good indication of where you can find yourself in that flame is it burning bright is it burning dimly is it barely even there do we need to do stuff or do we want to do stuff for God because that makes the difference and so now you're sitting here and you're like Anya I hear you, and I've been doing all of these things, but how do I fix it? And so the logical answer would be, yo, let me just pray a little more, and then I'll focus more on this, and let me obey God more, and I'll focus more on this, and 
maybe I'll even start lifting my hands up during worship and it will be great. And the first one, which I can't remember for some reason, busyness, I'll be less busy. That's the logical answer. But you're lying to yourself if you think that's going to work. Because that is works. And doing works is not the gospel. So Jesus asks us to repent. Because repentance, the band can come up so long. Because repentance is what fixes it. Because repentance is us being this way and doing our own thing and God being there. And now we're trying to do this a little more and to do this a little more. And we try to come back to God, but we keep on going this way. We try again and then we fail and then we go back again this way. And it sucks. It's not nice. But repentance is the answer, friends. And repentance isn't this doomy, gloomy, repent of your sins. No, repentance is like the most beautiful thing. The other day, I was here on campus with the interns. And I had a massive headache. And I was still stressed about all of my studies and everything that needed to happen. And then Yaku came to me and he was like, why are you stressed? We already prayed about this. And I was like, yo, we prayed about this, but it doesn't mean I'm not stressed. And then he said, well, repent and say, sorry that you're still stressing about it even after you gave it to God. Boy, did I get angry. <laughs> I was like, Yaku, I don't want to repent now. It's fine. I've done it. Blah, 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 blah. And it was like last week. And he said, well, I don't care what you're feeling. You're, gonna, you're going to repent. And I felt offended, like in my soul. I got angry. I think I got red even in my neck. I was like, I do not want to do this now. But then I repented. And my headache went away. And I felt better. Repentance is a beautiful thing. It's not this doomy, gloomy thing. Repentance refreshes us. Acts 3 verse 19 says... Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repenting refreshes us. Repenting gives us that... That was awkward. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Repentance refreshes us. It, it is the... That spark, that initial spark that we need to turn to God. And now we're sorry. And now we turn to God. And now we, we repented. And then we can focus on the things I mentioned. You can maybe see where something in your life is not where it's supposed to be. But first we repent and we ask God to come into that. And so I want all of us to stand. Please. And now we're going to repent. We're going to speak to God. We're going to bring all of this, the, the places where we drifted, the places where our passions dimmed down. We're going to give it to God. 
Because we want to be on fire. We want that Psalm 84 passion. We don't want to be lukewarm Christians. We don't have the time or the luxury. Let's praise God. Let's worship Him. Let's turn to Him. Okay, so just take a few minutes. Repent. Take it to God. And then we're going to worship our hearts out.